The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. It is Tuesday, March 17th, by the time you're listening to this, because, whoo, man, it has been a crazy first day of the NFL free agent period, including a bunch of transition tags, uh, tampering all over the place, and a, a flurry of crazy trades. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. I think this is our fourth podcast in the last 12 hours. Feels like it might even be more. We were going to have some additional emergency podcasts late in the evening on Monday, but this is going to cover all of that. This is a super friend show. If you want to get our full coverage, of course, you can go and check out other podcasts in the feed, including a CBA show with Joel Corey and myself. A Ryan Tannehill emergency podcast. He signed a $29.5 million per year deal. A three-round mock draft podcast with Ryan Wilson and R.J. White. A Dak Prescott emergency podcast with Jared Dubin and Patrick Walker. A DeAndre Hopkins is traded emergency podcast with the Super Friends in which we freak out live. And a franchise tag recap, which we recorded during the day. What do you think, Ryan Wilson? You tired yet? No, this is getting my 14th win. And you didn't even mention the hour-long live show we did on CBS Sports ah. HQ, and we'll be doing that every night um, this week. So I won't talk any longer because I know it makes you angry. But I'm just pepping the show. That was that was a, that was probably his best intro that he's done ever, arguably. Good I distance. Just, I just assumed he was going to throw throw to you, Sean. I don't know what he was going to mention, but I just assumed he was going to throw it to you for some reason. He didn't. But, of course, John Breach also on the horn with his Johnny B. How you doing, buddy? We just did an extra bonus hit for some news that we'll cover in a second. Yeah, it's sad that uh, this is a podcast. People can't see us, but I'm dressed up for the podcast, as is Brinson. Uh, and then we have these two scrubs, Sean and Ryan, who are wearing hoodies and just don't care about civilization is, is what I can see. Sean is wearing his nicest modest mouse. Modest mouse. <laughs> for the record, I have one modest mouse hoodie. I would believe it if you So said it's it. your nicest one. <laughs> Fair. Um, this week we'll be doing emergency podcast all throughout the week. Um, you can expect us, uh, if James, like if James Winston signs, that might qualify. It, when Philip Rivers signs, that will, you better believe that qualifies. And obviously a Tom Brady podcast we will, uh, drop for breaking news. 
Yes, John Breach. Uh, when Philip Rivers signs, I want me and Sean and Ryan to let you just do the podcast by yourself. I just want a 60-minute rant of Will Brinson on Philip Rivers, and we can say, like, one word every 20 minutes. That's that's my personal request. That's fair. Also, as Ryan mentioned, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., an hour-long show, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I believe. I know it'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The four of us will be on CBS Sports HQ. If you love the show, you guys are all – okay, Debo says definitely Friday. Lovely. Can't wait to spend Friday night with you guys. Not like I'm going to be anywhere else. It's the only thing that will prevent you from going out to bars. That's so it's for the good. It's good. It's for the good of society that we have to work on Friday night. I like that you think. I and and Sean is literally quarantined. He's not even allowed to leave his apartment. So he wants as many podcasts as possible. Just for three weeks. For three whole weeks. I think he, my wife is going down to her mom's house. So I was going to have a party here, but you know what are you going to do? She's leaving you in this in this crisis. She's like, I I can't spend three weeks alone with you. I got to leave. Why are you uh, actually surprised that that's what she would do? Uh, I'm not surprised. I just would like you want to spend two weeks. In a 2,000 square foot space with a Will Brinson? Right, we've been over this. We've 20, realized 2,700. What Corona has taught us the no, most, the, the four of us or three of us, not including Brinson, is that if we were stuck on a desert island, Brinson would be the first to get killed. Right. You I, assume I, I'm not going to kill somebody first. You're not. Are you capable of no. killing any of us? You can't yeah, kill people on a desert island when I know you're trying to kill me. Absolutely, kill people and be balled up in a fetal position, whining at the same time. <laughs> Please, I'll be out. I'll be out getting sun, making like making drinking, making coconut drinks and stuff You'll like be that. Talking volleyballs and we crack Spirit you over the head. fish. Yeah. You'll be like, oh, I don't have any yingling. Brent, so I'll be like, where's my modest mouse? Brits will be making a what's that? What's that little? Uh, Wilson! What's that brand you wear? The, like your- Malar? No, like the summer brand, like shorts and like the golf shorts. Pat- Patagonia? No, no, no. It's Peter much- Malar. It's like, no, it's like Brooks Brother for- Yeah, like, Brooks Brother, I think is- Yeah. You'll be fashioning that out of, uh, out of palm trees and you'll be worried about that when we're- Alright, anyway, let's get to the news. <laughs> we, uh, like we said, emergency podcast, daily recaps in your feed. Every morning, we will break down all the biggest news from the day, including the stuff we cover in the emergency podcast. And in this episode, we will cover the trades, free agency moves that happen, could happen, winners and losers across the board. But first, let's dive right into it. Amari Cooper, right as we were about to fire up this podcast and Breach and I had to go do HQ, is back with the Dallas Cowboys, a five-year $100 million deal, John Breach, after he was pursued by the Redskins. I called the Cowboys idiots on our Pick 6 podcast show because it looked like they were going to lose both Byron Jones and Amari Cooper. They did a good job. They recovered Amari. So they come out of this with, um, and we mentioned, I, I asked, I asked Patrick Walker and Jared, Jared Dubin this, like, if you can, if you, if you land Amari Cooper and franchise tag Dak, you know, do you give the Cowboys a a B for the off season for how they handle it and manage to keep everybody in place? Or do you think they're just sort of had to overpay here, John? I, I do feel like they overpay $20 million a year. I realize that is the going rate, but that's higher than what Michael Thomas made. He's now the highest paid receiver in the NFL, right? Uh, Joey, jo- Julio Jones, but second to Julio. Okay. So, I mean, that is, yeah, Julio Jones is $22 million per year. So Amari Cooper is just the second guy in the $20 million club. That is a lot of money. And I know this is going to sound crazy. Um, 
But I thought it was interesting that the Cowboys let Byron Jones walk, who costs less and plays an equally, if not more important position at cornerback. And so I thought that was, I understand that they gave up a first round pick for Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has done a fantastic job with the team and you do want to keep them, but it does feel like they decide between those two and, you know, they decide Amari Cooper was a more important cog. And so, yeah, they get the offense back together. That's exactly what you want, especially if you're Mike McCarthy walking to your first year. You might not even have uh, OTAs and, and a, a real offseason to uh, implement your offense. So this is a good thing that everybody's coming back. But, man, at $20 million per year, I don't know. That's that's a steep price. I have no problem with the $20 million. As you point out, it's behind Julio Jones, so he's not even, he didn't even take the highest paid, and he could have argued that that's what he wanted. If you want to argue about any contract, I would argue about why did they pay Zeke Elliott all that money last year. That's the, that's the issue for me. And I'm fine with, you know, John, they actually could have signed all three guys if they wanted to. You pointed this out on the um, HQ show, that Jerry Jones doesn't spend a lot of money. He hasn't spent, spent a lot of money in several years, and if they wanted to keep all three guys, and the third guy being Byron Jones, they could have done that. They chose not to. When Amari Cooper's healthy, he is a game changer. We saw that. We made fun of Jerry Jones for giving up that first-round pick for Amari the season before last. He came in and immediately made that offense better, and you presume that when he's healthy, he will continue to do that. Um, in this new offense, uh, the money, that's what you got to pay him. Just like when Dak makes 35 or whatever he gets, that's what you have to pay Dak, whether you think he's the best quarterback or not. Um, they could have just passed on uh, let Amari walk and, and then drafted someone, but they, they decided to go with him, and I, I don't have any issue with it. It's not going to yeah. be I'm salary cap-wise. Yeah, I think everything they've done this offseason is, is is explainable. I think the biggest mistake, as Ryan just alluded to, is are the things that they did last summer, which put, put them in the spot where they had the use of tag on Dak because they didn't get a deal done earlier, which we said, you know, at the time, as soon as Carson Wentz was signed, Sign him right now. Give him a little bit more than Wentz. Done deal. You have him locked in for four or five years. Um, it's giving Zeke that big contract when I think I would have rather personally have paid Byron Jones just because he plays a much more important position. That's not saying Zeke is a bad player. He just doesn't play an important position. Um, and I think that's the indictment because if maybe if they had done those things, they would have been able to keep all these players, or maybe they had they would have they would have had the franchise tag, which they could have used on Byron Jones or Amari Cooper. That said. Just based off what they've done this offseason, I think it's fine to give Amari that much. I mean, he's also 25 years old, so you're getting him during his prime. You're not paying a guy who's 28 who at the end of his deal is going to be 32. You're getting a guy before he's 30. I think it's fine. I think you have to keep this core intact. Yeah, that age is a big deal for Amari. Like, you're you're not paying him through his 33-year-old deal. You're taking him up to and through his prime, and if it doesn't work out, then you can let him go and, and let him walk. And um, I do think that by the time the salary cap you know, is going to jump $10 million, $10 million, $10 million, it's not a huge deal to pay him $20 million a year. I, much, um, I don't know if it's a much more expensive proposition, but it was in terms of draft capital. The uh, the Buffalo Bills, and this stuff all happened within like five minutes of each other. This always happens every year in free agency. Like there's a quiet stretch from 5 o'clock when people will go out and get dinner. And then like a bunch of like a little some minor deals happened from like six to eight. No one got dinner this year though. So how did it happen? <laughs> well, maybe they got Postmates or something. Oh, okay. Well, I think the Bills took maybe a they, nap. Maybe they ate toilet paper. The Bills took a nap because they're the ones that were uh, wheeling and dealing at like eleven o'clock Eastern time yeah. PM. Yeah. Anyway, the the Bills traded for Stephon Diggs. Can you dig it? Or dig it, as Josh Allen tweeted, but the haul they gave up was 
uh, quite a substantial amount. They gave up a future first round pick, of course, which is not surprising at all that they would do that. They also gave up, uh, this is for the Vikings, obviously. They gave up a first round pick, number 22 overall, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick in this year's draft, and a 2021 fourth round pick for Diggs and a 2020 seventh round pick. Who wins? Who loses, Breach? Uh, I would say, you know, at first I thought the Vikings won by a lot, but now I, I, I'm getting a little bit closer, and I do think the Vikings still win, but not by a ton. I, if I had to grade it right now, I'd probably do a, a B, an A minus for the Vikings, an A for the Vikings. Let's let's just give the Vikings an A and the Bills a B. I do feel like they gave up a lot of draft capital, but Brinson, you mentioned this on HQ, the Bills. If they knew they needed a receiver, there's no guarantee that they were going to get the guy they want at number, at the, they were drafting 22nd overall in the first round. If they don't get that guy they want, uh, you know, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Now they have a proven receiver. Maybe they have to take T. Higgins. Well, who, T. Higgins, C.D. Lamb, whoever they take, that guy could end up being a bust. So, the, the, you know, none of those, the draft's a crapshoot. And so now you have someone who's proven. Uh, so that, in that sense, I like it for the Bills. And Josh Allen actually has people to throw to. 2018, he had no one to throw to. 2019, he looked a lot better with John Brown and Cole Beasley. Now he's got three legit receivers. This, he's got a real chance to take a huge leap forward next season. And he just led him to the playoffs this season. Uh, so I like Josh Allen's, what he could do next year, even though Sean probably hates Josh Allen still. We know you do, Sean. Uh, <laughs> so I do, but the Vikings got so much compensation here. That that's one of those offers you cannot turn down. It, it's crazy because I think all of us here, Stephon Diggs is a fantastic player, but obviously DeAndre Hopkins is a much better receiver. And if you just compare the two returns that these the Texans and the Vikings got for these receivers, it is incredible how much. Look, the Texans deal looked bad from the minute one. It looks even worse now by the Stephon Diggs deal because that is the kind of return at the very least they should have been seeking. I, I like this deal for both teams. Um, I agree with Breach. I think the Vikings beat out tremendously if you have to give away a player of this caliber. The one thing, and it's funny, we're just talking about Amari Cooper. Both Diggs and Cooper entered, entered the NFL in 2015. If you look at their stats since then, they're pretty close to identical. Um, so both of these players. Diggs even have a thousand yard season though? Cooper yeah, two, in a, two in a row. He's had, since Cousins signed, he had. He went over a thousand. He was under a thousand for sure. Cooper has 400 more yards since 2015, uh, than Stephon Diggs. Diggs Um, Diggs had a thousand. thousand, Stephon Diggs didn't have a thousand yard season. He had 1,021 in 2018 and 1,130 in 2019. The one thing I will say, and Breach alluded that I was going to sneak in some sort of Josh Allen insult and, uh, Josh Allen can certainly still improve. I'm not writing him off, but if Stephon Diggs was getting frustrated with Kirk Cousins missing him, I think he might get a little bit frustrated at times with Josh Allen too. But for him, he's going from one good, he's leaving a very good team, but he's going to another good team. So I think he can be happy too. I think the Stephon Dix is actually, it's an even trade. And look, the Bills are not giving up that much. We only think it's a lot because uh, Bill O'Brien in his infinite wisdom made the worst trade in human history five hours earlier. It's a first round pick. It's a number 22 overall pick. Then it's a fifth rounder and a sixth rounder. Uh, and then a fourth rounder in 2021, and they get that seventh rounder back in addition to Stephon Diggs. The Bills still have nine picks this draft. They weren't going to sign 12, ki- 12 guys to the roster. So I don't have any issue with it. You guys have hit the, the highlights about you don't know who's going to be there at 22. Uh, also, like Stephon Diggs has a reputation for being something of a diva. 
Don't forget, a year ago, we were talking about Antonio Brown going to the Bills until he said, uh, hold up, hold up, hold up. I am not going to Buffalo. So they're willing to take on potential crazy people. Um, so I, I think Stephon Diggs can work out fine. There is some risk that the, the Josh Allen short hops and the overthrow. Well, yeah, wait, uh, over under on how many games until Stefan Diggs first lashes out at Josh Allen for one of his crappy throws? Four. Four games. Two. No. Two's no. over under. I, I thought, I thought I was going to be the only one bringing up this point. I'm happy that I have two no. people on my side. This team will still be a really good football team. Yeah. He'll be frustrated. He got frustrated with Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins, as we talked about on the last podcast, is second all time in the last 10 years anyway in completion percentage behind Drew Brees. So I love this deal for both teams. And I think the Vikings, by the way, Brinson, I was watching you and Breach on HQ when you were talking about this deal, and Joe Musso asked you about the draft situation. And I, I was hoping, I was eager to see what your answer was going to be, what the Vikings were going to do with their, their first two-round picks. And yeah. you, actually, you gave a good answer. You said, yeah. "Thanks, Ryan." Pass. I know mean, he threw that out. I was like, "Okay, what did I, I have doing that last?" <laughs> I saw the I saw the hamster running around, but you got it because they yeah. cut. Um, they've cut what's his face, the the cornerback. They're going to need another cornerback. Um, that's a good one. They're going to need offensive line help. They they might draft a wide receiver now that Stephon Diggs is gone. So if it would be hilarious, they get Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. Somehow they get hit. What if they get Henry Ruggs for the Vikings alongside? Right, well, let me let me ask you this: If at twenty two, let's say you could have Henry Ruggs, because I don't think Ceedee Lamb or Jerry Judy will be there at twenty two. They should. Let's say, let's say would you take Henry Ruggs at twenty two at his price or Stephon Diggs uh, at his with his current contract? Well, his current contract's four years, forty seven point five million. I would take Stephon Diggs. By the way, I'm an idiot for not knowing he had 2,000-yard seasons. I don't know why I thought he didn't have a 1,000-yard season. Princeton, do your homework. You're like Sean on the CBA, man. I don't know. I just thought he – I know the reason why. It's because it was a narrative heading into 2018 because there yeah. were a lot of, like, stats nerds being, like, Diggs is one of the most efficient players in the NFL, but, like, everyone's traditional stats was, like, he's never had 1,000-yard season in three yeah. years. And well, then he went and did it back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if you look at his numbers, like, he obviously had those squeaky wheel games this past season, like the seven-catch, 167-yard, you know, when Thielen got hurt. Uh, but, like, he usually produces in these big chunk games. And I, that's kind of interesting for the perspective of how he works with the Bills, too, because, like, this is great for John Brown. John Brown, who developed hey, into more of a wide receiver, how tall are you looking at his stats? How tall is he? Stephon Diggs is six foot, according six to PFR. Feet tall, one ninety one. All right, go ahead, do your point, and I'll finish. I'll follow. So basically, me. <laughs> Same forty time too. Yeah. Bizarro, Brinson is what he is. Yeah, um, I'm not one ninety one. I might be one right now, actually. You are six. Uh, I'm not six feet tall either. Um, but no, I think that like John Brown developed, has developed into more of a wide receiver one and, and like a, a complete wide receiver, but he's still a burner and he still, he dropped that huge, he dropped that really important pass in the playoffs. And to me, I think you could see, uh, Stefan Diggs really compliment John Brown and Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox well. Like that's a good group of four guys. And, you have Knox who, and who? Devin Singletary coming out of the back catching passes. For sure. Like, d- I'm not saying there's no excuse for Josh Allen because I don't think that's the case. I think they're doing a great job of building up talent around him. And well, to your point, the, those guys are short, and they needed a tall wide receiver. Six feet isn't tall, but it's tall need enough. A tall wide receiver. Because Josh Allen throws the ball twenty feet in the air. Also, more importantly, here's the better question, just so we can kind of spin this into something else. Why didn't the Bills call the Texans and offer this deal? 
Well, here's no, the thing. No, on the, the, te- tex- the Texans probably didn't call anyone else. That's probably right. on the Texans. Like, exactly. I'm sure every team around the league saw that trade. They're like, why did we not get a phone call? We would have offered more for DeAndre Hopkins. And Jason Lockenfora tweeted out after the, the, the Stephon Diggs trade that he said that the Bills were at the Combine talking about the Stephon Diggs thing, and everyone knew about it. And this is why you need a, a seasoned general manager that knows how to do these deals where you have Bill O'Brien just – just like randomly throwing darts at a at a, at a, a dartboard to, to figure out who he's going to call, and it landed on the Cardinals, and they got lucky. I mean, I guess he really wanted David Johnson. <laughs> so, and, and for the record, uh, the deal for yeah, just I mean, in case you didn't hear it, DeAndre Hopkins traded to the Arizona Cardinals uh, along with a fourth round pick, David Johnson, a second rounder, and a 2021 fourth rounder. Was sent to the Texans. It is I'm a- laughing because can you imagine? Like, say Deshaun Watson listens to this podcast and he's driving into work tomorrow and he hears. In case you didn't hear, they traded Deshaun Watson. No, you, they traded Dre Hopkins for a bag of donuts. He drives off the cliff because he's like, I can't believe this actually happened. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's so that. Um, let's get into the winners and losers, right? Uh, we had our winner, winners and losers. I'll go first. Bill O'Brien is a loser. We're going to hear losers first for a very specific reason, but you'll see in a second. Uh, I will go Bill O'Brien as a loser because he's the GM and the coach, and he just traded away one of the three best wide receivers. I mean, yeah, one of the three best wide receivers in football. I put DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Michael Thomas as the top three guys uh, that I would name as the three best wide receivers in football. He traded away one of them. I would take Hopkins as my number one personally. And to give that guy away for, as Brian points out, a bag of donuts – that no offense to David Johnson, but like for a running back with a bad contract and a second round pick, that's a terrible deal. And Bill O'Brien looks like a dummy. Who's your loser, Ryan? And no offense to donuts. Uh, Deshaun, the aforementioned Deshaun Watson, not because, yeah, no, the donuts as well. That unfair to donuts. John's a big donut guy. And uh, I know he would take that personally, but Deshaun Watson, <laughs> the aforementioned person driving off a cliff once he heard this news, we saw uh, a clip on Twitter of him, his reaction, which was like the raised eyebrow, like this can't be real life. And, hey. uh, do you want to know something funny? Only if it's funny. I, Emergency I, podcast I, I, time. I, I, I already know what it is, Sean. I'm saying it. <laughs> Go ahead. The Texans, per James Jones of NFL Network, have just signed Randall Cobb on a three-year, $27 million deal with $18.75 million guaranteed. Oh, see, they replaced Andrew Hopkins already. No big what? deal. What is going on? Someone, You know what? Here's what happened. Bill O'Brien has locked himself in a room. No one can get in, and he's making all these crazy deals like Mr. Dr. Evil. Break down the door and handcuff this man to the radiator. He has to be stopped. This is insanity. <laughs> I mean, like, it would be, I mean, if, if Corona, if, like, it would be like somebody testing for Corona if it wouldn't be, like, inappropriate to suggest. That. Randall Cobb was in his bed watching Netflix going, I'm not getting a call till probably the middle of next week because I'm a, I'm a mid-tier, I'm a mid-tier uh, free agent. I understand that. His agent calls him and said, you are not going to believe what I just <laughs> – either someone is prank calling us or this moron and, and <laughs> wants to give us $9 million a year. This is absolute – this is the most absurd five or six hours. This is nuts. Since since he traded for Laramie Tunsil and gave away Jadavion Clowney last year for a third-round pick? What is the plan? Like if this were the Dolphins, we're like, okay, they're tanking, we get it. If this was the Jets, okay, Adam Gase is looking at tacos. He's, he wants to make this team his own image. This team, as John has pointed out on the last 15 podcasts, went to the playoffs last year. This makes zero sense. If you're Cal McNair, what are you doing right now? 
They were up 34 nothing on the, the Super Bowl champions. Calvin Nair's at their buying. Calvin Nair's at their buying a Randall Cobb. 24? 24. 24. 24. Whatever. You guys are walking all over my jokes trying to recap the score. Your, your rant was fantastic. What do you, what do you need? What do you just? You don't, you don't have to whine about the end of the well, rant. Here's, ra- here's even crazier part of all this is that DeAndre Hopkins only had $37 million, three years and $37 million left. Uh, they're giving Randall Cobb three years and $27 million. So for $10 million more, you have a receiver who is top three in the NFL. Now you have some guy who's on the back end of his career. You traded out DeAndre Hopkins, and you got Randall Cobb and David Johnson instead, and you're paying more money, and this is a disaster. Uh, this is, And this goes perfectly into who my loser is for what we're talking about. Uh, Brinson said Bill O'Brien. Mine is Texans fans. Like, you guys, you're quarantined in your house. All you want was the Texans to spend your money on some fancy stuff. You know, you just saw your team beat up on the Chiefs in the first quarter of a playoff game. You're thinking you're a player or two away from winning the AFC, getting to the Super Bowl. The Patriots are almost out of the picture. You know you can compete with the Chiefs. All you have to do is make one, two, maybe three smart moves, and you could be the AFC Super Bowl team. And what does Bill O'Brien do? I mean, he, he nuclear, he put a nuclear bomb in the facility and just blew everything up and it's all over. And the Texans, I don't know what's going on. I feel sorry for Texans fans sitting at home. What, what? It's crazy. I was just about to say, I'm not going to tweet this out because I don't want to get in trouble for, for Twitter, but the Texans fans should hope that they just canceled the NFL season because that's their best hope of not being <laughs> sad about what's going on. It, it, this is bonkers. And you know what the worst part about all this is? Bill yeah, O'Brien still. Bill O'Brien still has Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson is still good enough to overcome all of this crap and nope. drag his team to the playoffs as a wild card team. And Bill O'Brien won't get fired because Deshaun Watson is just too good um, and can overcome all these crappy moves. By the way, we haven't even talked about this. The Texans signed the worst safety in free agency, Eric Murray, the former Browns free safety, or safety three years, twenty million. We haven't talked about that. This guy, I mean, he's just throwing names at, at the dartboard and signing away. I mean, is this worse than getting yes. Deshaun Watson so beat up that he had to ride a bus from Houston to Jacksonville? This is the equivalent of, of that. This is the, the free agent equivalent of riding a bus all over the country when you could fly in a jet. Speaking of Jacksonville, Sean, who's your loser? I'm going outside the box because you guys have taken all the Houston Texans possible. Uh, I'm going with Jalen Ramsey, and if Jalen Ramsey is hearing this, he'll probably get mad because I think he you know welcomes the challenge. But he left Jacksonville, and that meant – Guess what? He doesn't have to face DeAndre Hopkins twice a year anymore. He goes to L.A., great NFC West. Suddenly he has to face DeAndre Hopkins twice a year from now on. And it was looking like he was going to have to face like Brandon Cooks, who might get traded. So you can say Robert Woods, Emmanuel Sanders, and Larry Fitzgerald, which is a lot less intimidating than DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, what about some – so, yeah, I mean, our overall arching theme on that trade is it was a disaster. Uh, we should also point out that DeForest Buckner was traded to the Colts by the 49ers. The 49ers get the 13th overall pick, and Buckner gets a new deal that will pay him $21 million per year, second-highest-paid defensive tackle in NFL history behind Aaron Donald, which, John Breach, might lead you to a winner. Yeah, my winner uh, is the San Francisco 49ers. This is a team that has like zero dollars in cap space going into free agency. I literally they were at the point where they were going to have to take the toilet paper to the team facility and trade it for money 
because uh, that's the society we live in right now. But they you get a lot have, of you get a lot of money for toilet paper. Right? Oh, it's it's worth it. I'm gonna hand, trade. hand sanitizer. You can get like like it's like a hundred bucks an ounce. It, we're a week away from me trading my toilet paper away for a Nintendo Switch. I, I just want you guys to know that. I will not be podcasting. By, by the way, I told I told Robbie that if he was a good friend throughout the quarantine, and that he was like it would listen to us, that I would consider getting him a Nintendo Switch. Well, he can have mine after I'm done playing it. After I trade a roll of five rolls uh, of toilet paper, I'm just gonna trade toilet paper for it. That, well, I tell you, guys, we're a week away from going to the bartering system, man. The stock market's crashing. Toilet paper's gonna be worth its weight in gold. So keep stock that stuff up. Uh, but, but yeah, so. <laughs> What? But don't, but don't actually. <laughs> That's the whole problem. Don't hoard toilet paper. People yeah. need it. Yeah. What is that? I mean, toilet paper is the <laughs> top trade. Just, just so, the Sean, I wish there was somebody in your apartment who could randomly hear you screaming, "Don't hoard toilet paper." Who would that be? Um, it's someone actually tweeted this. Matt Clapp. Um, I think he writes for the comeback. He that tweeted, sounds like a made-up name. Well, it's a really funny tweet, and I'm going to kind of butcher it, but he was like, the whole toilet paper thing reminds me so much of fantasy football drafts with tight ends. You don't really need a tight end, but the second one person takes one, there's just this massive panic because you feel like you have to get yours, and then suddenly they're gone, and you're taking all like mediocre ones in the fourth round. That's a good comp. It is, except everyone, that, like, everyone's you do need toilet paper. Like, what are you doing if you don't have toilet paper? Yeah, yeah, but all of a sudden, it's like, you're like, in the grocery store, you're like, you know what? Fine, fine. Give me the single ply. I don't care. Give me the single ply. I just need that toilet paper. What? I don't understand this run on toilet paper. <laughs> People because... are afraid they're going to get stuck inside and run out of toilet paper. I'm with you, though, Ryan. Just buy your normal amount, and if everyone does that, you can go to the store and buy more. Sean, Sean what you don't understand is that Ryan actually has an outhouse. And what you don't understand is that I use more when I'm at home all day. And if other people are like that, then you need more. By the way, you know, just to clear, you can have an outhouse and still need toilet paper, dum-dum. I mean, it's not just because you have an outhouse you don't use toilet paper, you moron. <laughs> you know more about an outhouse than I do. But here's the thing. Oh, we're going to go to Brinson's house. Oh, Brinson died three weeks ago. He didn't have any food. But Jesus, he has 500 rolls of toilet paper. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. What are you doing? Buy food. How, many, how many rolls of toilet paper do you think Bill O'Brien has? He's got a lot of poop on his hands right he, now. He, well, no, I think I think he's underprepared, has none, and he'll trade to Sean Watson for a roll of toilet paper pretty soon. Or, or, I, what if he, that's or, the secret part of the trade where the Cardinals are actually shipping like twelve rolls of toilet paper because Bill O'Brien forgot to buy some? But, he's but like, yeah, there, you can have you can have new Hopkins, man. Take him. But he's like, now listen, Steve. Uh, here's the deal: you can't let anyone know that we traded all that toilet paper or like that this deal is about toilet it's paper. It's like in Moneyball when he asked them to like restock the vending machines for a year. Yeah. It's, it's your supplying our facility of toilet paper for the next year. Uh, so what do we think here, Ryan? Um, the Colts, you know, look, what, how, how value, oh, sorry, Breach, we I was gonna, so the 49ers were my winner. That's all because they, they saved, they, they couldn't keep Armstead and Buckner. They had to get rid of one of them. I don't think they could have gotten a first round pick for Armstead. Otherwise they probably would have done it if that was possible. Somebody offers you the 13th overall pick for one of your players. You do it almost in any situation. Uh, so that's what the 49ers did. They don't have to pay Buckner the final year of his deal, so they saved some serious money. Now they have the 13th overall pick, which they needed because Ryan can correct me if I'm wrong, but after the 31st overall pick in the first round, they did not pick again until the fifth round. So they had no picks in the second through fourth round. Now they could uh, use one of those picks to trade back, pick up some more picks, which is what they need. Save money, pick up picks. They're winners. Uh, John, I will tell you exactly if you're right or wrong as soon as my computer loads. 
Uh-oh. Who, who are you going to have the 49ers taking in your next mock draft? Because you, you, you are right, John. So, yeah, so the 13th and 31st pick, and they don't pick into the fifth round. Breach was, as usual, right, although he's probably looking at him the whole time and just wanted some affirmation. So there you go, John. Who will they take? So typically with the 31st pick in the 30th, pre- 30th previous uh, mock drafts, I've had them taking like a safety, a cornerback. They need help along the interior offensive line, but I don't know if there's someone worth taking early, uh, late in the first round for that. Um, but at 13th? What if they take CeeDee Lamb if he's there and, and pair him with uh, Debo Samuel and, and Kendrick Bourne and, of course, um, George Kittle? That's a possibility. They could draft a left tackle to replace Joe Staley, who I think is 35 now and may have just one year left on his deal and, and eventually um, move on from him. It would be hysterical if they drafted Jordan Love. I, I mean, that would tell you all you needed to know uh, about where they feel like Jimmy G. I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, I think they probably go offensive line, maybe go cornerback, maybe go defensive back safety. And then maybe even a wide receiver. I don't know if they'll do it because the draft class is so deep. But as John points out, they don't pick again uh, until the fifth round. So they, they may need to move on that. Uh, I wasn't crazy about the deal for the Colts. But, again, teams value draft picks differently. If you feel like um, Buckner is worth the 13th overall pick, I guess go for it. But, I mean, he's $21 million a year, which is a ton of money. I know the Colts have a lot of space. But is a defensive tackle going to make or break you making a Super Bowl run? I guess Chris Ballard feels that way, and he he has done a great job putting that team together, so I don't want to question him too much. They probably could have gotten someone like Javon Kinlaw at number 13. Um, I don't think Derek Brown falls that far. Derek Brown probably goes first as a defensive tackle out of Auburn. But, uh, again, if that's what Ballard wants to do, more power to you. And as we just talked about, the Texans are going to be terrible. Uh, they don't have it. They have one player. His name's Deshaun Watson. So that's one less team you have to worry about in that division if you're the Colts. Yeah, we said this on the <clears> – <throat> we said this on the – the not you do well the HQ show. Um, I think both of these teams can look at this deal as winners, um, just to slightly different degrees. I think Breach said he liked the 49ers a bit more than the Colts. I think I lean a bit more Colts over 49ers. Personally, I would have rather had paid Buckner um, than Armstead. Um, I get Breach's point about getting the first round pick, and that's why I'm not killing the 49ers for this. This isn't their fault that they have to. Get rid of good players. This is a result of very good drafting and assembling a great team via the draft, which means all these players are due for extensions and you can't pay everyone. Um, that said, this is why there's been a dialogue, I think, about, you know, I get a lot of questions on Twitter. It's like, oh, why do people rag on Jimmy G so much? But the problem is that he is getting paid a good amount. And when you have a quarterback getting paid that much, that means you have to make sacrifices elsewhere, which we just saw the 49ers do. The good news for 49ers is they got a tremendous deal um, in return, and John Lynch has been pretty good at drafting, so hopefully they find someone to plug in there. I like it for the Colts a lot, though. That defense actually regressed a, a good amount last year, and it was kind of overshadowed by the luck quarterback situation. No one really looked at that defense. They went from 10th to 17th by DVOA. Um I think getting Armstead up front, I think that was probably their weakness up front. They signed Justin Houston. They were very clearly aware we don't rush the passer that well. We got to get better here. And if you look at what Buckner did over the course of the entire season, especially the Super Bowl, flies under the radar because Mahomes rendered it useless. Um, but Armstead affected that game in a major way. He was almost unblockable. Buckner or Armstead? Buckner? Oh, sorry, sorry. Buckner. Yeah, yeah, Buckner. He no. was unblockable in that game. And if they're getting that version – Big if, if you get that always, I think he's worth that money because, as Ryan said, they do have a crap ton of cap space. The biggest question is, what do they do at quarterback? Because if they get Rivers, then I love this Buckner deal even more. If they don't get Rivers and they have to run it back with, you know, someone like Brissett, then it's just not going to matter. 
So he had nine tackles for loss last year, 14 QB hits, seven and a half sacks. That's following up a, a 12 sack year, um, you know, 20 QB hits and 17 tackles for loss the year before, but he was more impactful this past season as an overall player. He didn't make the Pro Bowl again and he was very mad about that. He probably could have been an all pro player, to be perfectly honest, uh, this past year. He had a tremendous season. And one of the things about Buckner is the dude's 25. Or like maybe he just turned, or he'll, t- or actually, uh, t- oh, happy birthday to Forrest Buckner, March 17th, 1994. <laughs> he just turned, uh, 26 today. So that's exciting. And he's going to your favorite city of Indianapolis, which you were just that and got to enjoy. I haven't been in Indianapolis. And enough. he's leaving Sean's quarantine city in San Francisco. What are all the ties there? Yeah. I mean, but. I look at it like this with Buckner in the same way that we look at it with Diggs is like, okay, you know, you need this player, this position, you know, it's position of need. You have a great grade on this player. Are you going to get DeForest Buckner at 13? And the answer is absolutely not. Like you're, and I, I get it, it's different. You're paying him $21 million a year, but the, the, the Colts have done a very good job of managing their cap. They left a lot of cap space open. And I think to the point about rivers is, if you're going to go and sign Rivers, and it does seem like that's what they're going to do, it, it really feels like a, a done deal almost. I mean, it doesn't have to happen, but you know, you're giving yourself a two-year window. You can't mess around and and like hope you land a good guy at 13. You need to go all in and and, and really improve your defense. And I think this does it without sacrificing for the future. So I, I'm a fan of it, but I, I think the 49ers got a good good you know good pick in return. And real quick, Brenton, you mentioned that DeForest Buckner is going to be making $21 million per year. What the 49ers did is they flipped their first-round pick, Buckner, to the Colts. They got a first-round pick in return. And if you look at the 2019, the 13th overall pick, their entire contract was worth $15 million for four years. So Mm -hmm. now you're getting a potential starter for $6 million less than you're paying. And you're going to start for four years for $6 million less than you're paying Buckner for one season. So obviously you don't want to lose a star, but financially you get the draft picks, you save the money. I just think it makes sense. And and a lot of people have pointed out too, and this is probably accurate. The, it is likely that the 49ers who don't, again, don't pick until the fifth round are probably going to trade out of one of those, one of those picks um, in terms of moving back. Uh, Debo, do we need to take a break or can we keep going? Never mind. I should have read the rundown. Sorry. Falcons (laughs) trade for Hayden Hurst. Got a lot of stuff being moving in and out. Uh, that was the other big trade of the day. Small trade of the day, right? Uh, it wasn't a huge trade, but I think it's a little sneaky. The Falcons get Hayden Hurst and a 2024th rounder. The Ravens get a 2022nd rounder. Uh, I believe it's 55th overall and a 2025th rounder. Hurst was, uh, of course, the 25th overall pick in the 2018 draft. Wasn't a huge factor last year, but, uh, certainly. Could be a factor with the Falcons, Sean. Yeah, I, I like to deal more for the Ravens, though. And I think the Ravens have had a tremendous week. And it's funny because we keep everything's going to tie into the Texans because we should compare everything to how dumb the Texans are being. But, you know, the Texans have a quarterback to Sean Watson, um, who's maybe not in that same group as Lamar and Mahomes. But, I mean, he's certainly up there. And this is an example of one team 
behaving smartly and building a great team around Lamar and getting good assets and a team doing it terribly. And this is another example of how the Ravens are just operating very smartly this offseason. We already saw them, Clyde Campbell, um, getting him for a pick that they got for a backup kicker. Uh, we saw it during the season, them get Marcus Peters for a fifth round pick too. And now they get rid of a tight end that they don't, they don't really need. They have Mark Andrews. They don't have an urgent need for that. And they're getting a second round pick in return. Like, I think this is an incredible deal for them. I'm not trashing it from the Falcons perspective. Is it the, is it the Patriots second round pick or the Falcons second round pick? I'm not sure. 55 overall. Then that's the second one. I think it's the Patriots one, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Patriots one. I, I, just, I think it's a good return for a player they didn't they So the, didn't ba- the Falcons basically flipped Mohamed Sanu for Hayden Hurst then? Yes. That's not a terrible deal. No, I'm not I'm not trashing it from the Falcons' perspective. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that like for uh, the Ravens, I think, are behaving so smart, and they have been smart for a number of years, and this is just the latest example of that. Getting a second-round pick for a player they don't need, I think, is tremendous value. And they, they also have Nick Boyle, who wasn't terrible. Yeah, year. they had they've had a lot of tight ends for a number of years now. That's a, that's um, a, I like that statement. Thank you. We've had a lot of tight ends for a number quote. of years now. I at first didn't like to steal it all for the Falcons. Um, my three round mock draft came out Monday and was obviously minutes after it came out because free agency began. But I had them taking in that three, three round mock draft, uh, Adam Troutman in the third round. This is that athletic tight end out of Dayton. And in that second round pick that they just gave up, uh, to the Ravens in real life. I had them taking DeAndre Swift, the running back. They cut De- uh, Devontae Freeman as well today, so they're, they're going to need a running back at some point. But as I started looking at Hurst and, and Sean sort of hit the highlights, he didn't do much in Baltimore, and that's a function of, of Mark Andrews mostly, even though Mark Andrews, I think, was the third, third round pick that year, the same year they took Hurst in the first round. Last year, Hurst had 30 receptions for 349 yards, but he was sixth in value per play according to Football Outsiders and 11th in total value. Both very close to Austin Hooper, the guy he replaced, who is now the, the highest paid tight end in the NFL, and you could certainly have some gripes with that. PFF had Hurst's grade at 72.4 last year in limited usage in, in Baltimore, and Hooper's grade in Atlanta 78.3, where he was certainly a, a much bigger target. And Hurst has two years left on his deal at $1.75 million on average per year. So it makes sense to do that deal. The second-round pick, I, I understand, but you're not going to get uh, a, a tight end that can help you immediately otherwise. You weren't going to get Hunter Henry. He's been franchised. We know that Austin Hooper is now in, in Cleveland. This draft class is absolute duty for tight ends in terms of first or second round picks. So I, I understand what the Falcons are doing. They need a tight end. They didn't want to pay Austin Hooper. And Hurst, it turns out, actually is, is pretty efficient at his job, even though he was underutilized uh, for whatever reason, whether it's Mark Andrews or otherwise uh, in Baltimore. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is you've got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. So you don't need a, a, a tight end soaking up all that usage when you have that much invested in your, in your wide receivers. Uh, my winner, just for the sake of you know taking care of it, Kyler Murray, because he gets DeAndre Hopkins. Um, don't need to pile on the uh, the Texans anymore. I will just say that like uh, Steve Kime was getting killed about a year ago. For the Josh Rosen situation, they had the first overall pick after they drafted Rosen. Steve Wilkes was a disaster. And I mean, like, it's easy to talk yourself into the Cardinals being a little frisky next year. So, uh, credit to him for A, for, I mean, having the waivos to go get Kyler Murray after you drafted Josh Rosen, cause that takes a lot. And then B, uh, <laughs> I, picking up the phone when Bill O'Brien called, I don't know. <laughs> like going out for 40 beers with Bill O'Brien, like what does it take to get this David Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins deal done? He did it. So good job for Kyler Murray. 
Good job by Steve Kime. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll tell you about some, oh my God, we've barely gotten a free agency. Winners and losers in actual free agent signings after the break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You're working from home this week. You are. Everyone is. Don't be out. Don't be out spreading corona. Don't get that rona everywhere. Stay at home and use your Alexa to listen to the Pick 6 podcast. All you got to do is say, hey, Alexa, let me hear Sean Wagner. No, you can't say that. That won't work. You say, hey, Alexa, play the Pick 6 podcast. Or Alexa, play Pick 6. And uh, Alexa or your other smart speaker, maybe use a Google Home, whatever you use. You can say, hey, Google. Play Pick 6 Podcast, and it will fire up. You can start and stop Pick 6 episodes with your voice. So download us on those smart devices while you're working at home this week. All right, let's dive into some free agent winners and losers. I mean, that tells you how nuts it's been this week, guys, already. And just one day in that uh, we did about a 45-minute podcast, which frankly was like kind of efficient and fast. And, 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 and like a good paced podcast. And we haven't even really touched any signings outside of Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb because there were so many bonkers trades on the first day of free agency. However, there were, uh, plenty of signings as well. So Ryan, why don't you give us one winner from free agency in terms of signings? I'm going to go with your Green Bay Packers. They didn't do anything super sexy. They signed Christian Kirksey, the former Browns. Um, uh, linebacker and Rick Wagner, an offensive lineman formerly of the Lions, I believe, and before that the Ravens. So again, n- not necessarily uh, something that gets your attention on the front page. Uh, Kirksey's a, a really good player when he's healthy. He wasn't healthy for parts of last season. But this sort of follows the blueprint we saw last year of the Packers in free agency when they just filled needs. Now they got some big-time players in Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and Adrian Amos. But I remember at the time saying, on paper, this makes sense. We'll see if it works out. Because a lot of times we see teams go crazy in free agency and it looks great in March and then September, October rolls around and they're terrible. This worked out pretty well for the Packers. The defense was up and down, but it wasn't because of Smith, Smith and, and Amos. And I feel like Wagner fills a need on the offensive line. Kirksey fills a need in the middle of that defense. Blake Martinez isn't, isn't coming back. He, um, will likely sign elsewhere and they're sort of, uh, you know, steady as she goes, filling needs in the roster and, and they're doing it without breaking the bank. And, um, I like it. Would you say they're doing it and doing it and doing it well? <laughs> Eric Casilli said that the other day when I did the trampoline. The, the, I, know, I heard it. Yeah, that's good. I liked it. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I like the Packers. Uh, Breach, do you got to get a little sexy? You got something sexier for us? 
My winner is uh, animals that live in the water because they don't have to deal with coronavirus. And those animals are the dolphins. Also the team, the dolphins. That was just a little fun playing. Mammals would be better, but to find animals. Yeah. Mammals. (laughs) Common bottlenose porpoise. It's not a dolphin. (laughs) Uh, style. <laughs> so, yeah, Dolphins, uh, I think here's what we had. Brian Flores, what happened is we found out today what would happen if you gave a seven-year-old kid $80 million and sent him into a candy store. He's going to get everything he wants, and that is what Brian Flores did. The Dolphins had so much cap room. You know he had been eyeing Kyle Van Noy. He's worked with him in New England. It's a guy who knows his system. He's thinking, hey, let's get that guy in here. He brings in Van Noy. He says, you know what? How did we win in New England? We had shut down corners. So what they do? They went out and got Byron Jones. I mean, that's a great sign you throw him with. Uh, I would say maybe they overpaid, but you got $80 million, more than $80 million in cap space. You're not overpaying. You can afford it. It's not a big deal. Uh, and then Shaq Lawson, I actually also liked that signing. Uh, you know, you're getting a, a, an AFC East rival, somebody who knows the division, somebody who can get after a quarterback. And then I will say they signed Eric Flowers, but we don't need to talk about that. It's okay. I, I don't hate the Eric Flowers signing. It's a bad deal. Three years, $30 million. I mean, when you say it like that. <laughs> what do you mean? I just, you have $30 million to Eric Flowers, not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if you don't qualify, it sounds terrible. I like Think Eric about Flowers. all the better ways you could spend $30 million in the world. I mean, some Corona tests for sure. Exactly. <laughs> Ventilators, toilet paper. It, Sean, you said it on our HQ show. And by the way, we mentioned it before, you can watch us on HQ, CBS Sports HQ, our free 24-7 streaming sports network. Uh, every night the rest of this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, at from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch it for free on your phone. Uh, you can watch it for free on your Roku, your Fire Stick, your Apple TV. Just get the CBS Sports app, and you can fire it up. Uh, Pick 6 podcast listeners have been incredible over the past two-plus years, three-plus years. Every time they give us a show, you guys show up and watch. So please come out and watch. Fire up your show. There's There's no sports on TV. So... I mean, like, you're, you're stuck in your house. Fire up your, just fire it up and just leave it on the TV from eight. I should have fired it up downstairs. I forgot to do that. I had it on up here. Um, eight to nine PM Eastern every night. Get it on your TV. Get us some streams. Check it out. You'll enjoy it. It's a fun hour of, uh, basically this, but with more handsomeness going on. Uh, and Sean, you mentioned on that show. Hey, by the way, quickly, before you talk to Sean, I want to say quickly, someone tweeted this at us. Uh, and I saw it. Andrew Courtney, um, during the show, tweeted because we were all paying attention to Twitter while we were doing the show. He said, "Just work it." In... Oh, he said, uh, "Love you guys. Keep making me laugh every day as I commute to work." He's an emergency vet, and uh, he goes in no matter what. Already the pandemic, so I thought that was cool that he's doing his job. I told him that me and you, Brinson, have dogs. Uh, Breach has forty-five cats, and Sean will probably get a get an animal once he buys his own house. But I thought that was cool from Andrew Courtney. All right, go that ahead. Is, that is cool. Uh, in fact, my wife literally just texted me and said the dog ran upstairs and jumped in our bed. Crazy. Uh, I You've also been replaced. Shout out. Huh? <laughs> You've been replaced. Breach, there's no room in my bed. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, I got to give a shout out too. Uh, our uh, friend of the program, Hayes Permar, had said you got to give you got to give a uh, if if you mentioned Justin Burris signing. 
with the uh, Cleveland Browns. He spelled the name wrong. I was going to say something about that. Yeah, uh, Justin Burris, Needham B. Broughton High School graduate, Broughton High School graduate here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Of course, with NC State. You know what I was going to respond to that? I wanted to make sure it was the right high school. Home of the Connells, baby. That's right. The Connells are from Broughton. That's right. That was right in our wheelhouse in the early 90s. Sean, check that out. That's the original emo, not emo, but um, alternative rock. I should have saved that shout-out probably for a uh, mention when we talked about the Browns being a, a winner, but – you know, we can carry on. Um, I am curious, Sean, you mentioned on the HQ show, he said from 12 minutes ago, uh, that you think the Dolphins can actually contend in 2021. Yeah, I, I think their spending is very smart because I think we've been saying for a long time, uh, it's not rocket science. You got it for the three teams in the AFC East that are not the New England Patriots. You have to be timing your ascent when the Patriots are finally declining from this, you know, two decade long dynasty. And, uh, look, if Tom Brady leaves and the Patriots can't fill it adequately, um, there will be an opening. Uh, even if Tom Brady comes back, he is very clearly at the end of his career. Um, and as we've seen, the Patriots, um, in the second half of the year are a little bit susceptible. I'm not saying they're not going to win the AFC East. I'm still going to pick them to win the AFC East, but I think the Dolphins are decently positioned now. To make a run in 2021, especially with the expanded playoffs, all these guys that they signed, they have a lot of cap space, so they don't have to worry about that. And all the guys that they signed are not, you know, one-year rentals who are going to be 33 next year. Like, these are guys who can be there for two or three seasons. And so I think that this next season will be about maybe being a little bit competitive, and they already exceeded expectations with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it comes down to the quarterback position, we keep saying for all these teams. If they find someone in the draft who's their long-term answer – Absolutely, 2021, I think they can compete for a wild card spot. I think Jonathan Jones on the website wrote a story about how the Dolphins um, are on the rise as well. So, Having, the Bills, having the Bills better time the descent of Tom Brady and the Patriots than the Dolphins? Yeah. Number one, I, I didn't say that they were the favorite in the AFC East. They're expanding the playoffs, Ryan. Grow up. And Two teams two, can challenge. Rhetorical means it's a question that doesn't need an answer, but just so that's word of the day. Well, it's a bad question. So Number two. Are the Dolphins better today with Eric Flowers, who you guys love a lot more than I do, Shaq Lawson, Byron Jones, and Kyle Van Noy, or with Laramie Tunzel and Mika Fitzpatrick, like a year ago, basically? Well, uh, I would argue that four players are better than two. And the, and the um, well, it depends who the players are. That's a crazy thing to say. And they got two first-round picks. Yeah, but they're not done because they traded away those players you just mentioned, and they got picks that they're about to use. Yeah. So you can't compare them yet. So what this is is a triple dunk or a double yeah. dunk. Ryan, write down, write this down, and ask this question again in two years. Also, At, maybe the next time we're in quarantine. How about also, I also, 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 one month? Okay, you're you're giving us the bird. That's fine. Uh, I also say this: like it does feel like, and, I, and I'm okay with this, that the the Dolphins are going sort of all in on our guys. And like I don't I don't know that like Brian Flores necessarily knows. Uh, Byron Jones, like a, like a, you know, like he, but like he clearly knows Kyle Van Noy very well, right? Like he's, he, they, Christian Wilkins, they drafted in the first round. They traded away Mika Fitzpatrick, who wasn't happy to be there. Laramie Tunsil wanted a new contract. So I mean, like you're, you know, you're, I don't they know. They just spent $30 million on Eric Flowers. They could have given- getting Laramie Tunsil for $30 million. I, I like the Tunsil trade from the Dolphins perspective. They got two first round picks for him and a guy who's about to get paid. The Texans are going to have to give him a huge contract if they want to keep him. How many people can take advantage of Bill O'Brien? That's the question I have today. <laughs> Sounds like you're defending Bill O'Brien, actually. 
Uh, uh, just saying, I'm not, I'm not convinced the Dolphins are better today. I like the moves they did on Monday. I'm not convinced they're better than they were 12 months ago. All right, uh, that's fine. I, 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 don't, I think, I think 2021 contenders, it would be them taking a leap a year before we expect it, but it wouldn't be out of the question. And by contender, we don't mean Super Bowl. We mean playoffs. You're talking about we. You can't answer my question. We don't know who their quarterback is, and you're saying they could be a contender in 2021. I've literally just said it's a good moves. It all comes down to the quarterback position. Like I said, for the Colts, three, you have three first round picks. You give them. You give them a quarterback in every mock you do. Yeah. What What else am I supposed to do? Not give them a quarterback? Well, right, but they're gonna have a rookie quarterback and a bunch of pieces around him. And it so it comes down and to the Devontae Parker punks. Say Parker, <laughs> that that went over like crickets on HQ. By the way, I don't know, nobody. Well, it's because there's a lot. We can't, of we can't react to it. Yeah. No, uh, well, I was, Sean, I was not gonna... another, speaking of sad sack teams that, that spent big in free agency, your winners, Baker uh, Mayfield, Nick Chubb. Yeah, thank you for spoiling it. I would have liked to say it myself. Uh, yes, I mean I I like the addition. Why are you giving me a look? I think I like the uh, I like mouth, the idea. trying to mouth off to sound like you're trying to have a little yeah. extra authority in your voice tonight. Better take the bass out your voice, Sean. <laughs> I like the Conklin deal better than the Hooper deal. I think the Hooper Explain deal. Explain the deals that they did, please. They signed. <laughs> That's why I set you up with the, they, the winners. They signed right tackle Jack Conklin. The answer was in my hair, um, but I I'm giving you the answer now. Five. Stop talking. You know what this is? This uh, is like when, like you're Sean's father and you let him drive the car to pick up his girlfriend. Thank, thank the, God he's not my father. And you sit in the passenger seat, rail on him about how to drive properly. His girlfriend's in the back going, Oh my God, this guy has no, like he's not doing anything right. So take it easy on Sean. He's a little nervous. So on Monday, <laughs> March 16th, the first day of legal tampering, the Cleveland Browns signed Jack Conklin. Well, agreed to, to sign, technically. <laughs> okay. Yes. Agreed to sign. I thought you were going to start again. <laughs> I'm close. Right tackle, Jack Conklin, previously of the Titans. Uh, that Agre- agreed to terms with. <laughs> That's probably my, uh, by the way, Debo is so hungry right now and he probably hates these last five minutes there, of this he's, podcast. He's, there, he's laughing about it. He just sent me a, he sent me a note. He's laughing. <laughs> I like the so they also signed Austin Hooper, formerly of the tight, uh, formerly of the Falcons, uh, tight end. I think the I don't know the numbers in front of me. The the Hooper deal is a little bit too expensive. Four, four years, forty four million for him. Yeah, that's like he's not for me like a focal point of an offense. Like he's a really nice secondary piece. You know what you're going to get out of him, which is key. He's very dependable. You can get like what six hundred yards, six touchdowns, and I think that will very much work for Baker. I love the Conklin deal so much because I think. I don't think it's a bad thing if the Browns lean on the running game a bit more. Um, and they have running backs to do it. And Nick Chubb, and we'll see what happens with Kareem Hunt um, if they're able to keep him. But I think that will help keep the pressure off Baker Mayfield. Um, Jack Conklin probably doesn't get enough credit for Derrick Henry's season. Um, he's an incredible run blocker. I think that's a huge loss for Tennessee. Um, so I think both of those, regardless of the numbers, and if you don't like the Austin Hooper money, I get it. But that offense is significantly better we will see, however, free agency has not te- it has not technically started, but legal tampering. We'll see what happens with those wide receivers because we keep hearing all these reports of wide receivers could be on the move and all this. And Ryan loves to mention Odell potentially on the move to New England. Uh, but right now, this Browns offense got significantly better. And similar to Josh Allen, Baker, not as many excuses this upcoming season um, as he had this past season when that offensive line was a wreck. Well, they improved the offensive coordinator. By, like they they got rid of Freddie Kitchens and 
they have Kevin Stefanski. Like by virtue, Baker Mayfield's in a better spot. I will say, I do think it's interesting to war, it's to, to warrants watching because it does sound like, and I know Judy Batista of, of NFL media tweeted that one owner said there's a chance players might not report at all until, um, training camp. If that's the case, be on the lookout to bet on teams who have consistency with their coaching staff and their rosters. Like, no offense to the Bengals breach, but like, I mean, I mean you don't want to bet on a rookie. Like, if a rookie quarterback is only going to get to meet it, like, spend time with his coach starting a training camp, that's going to be a problem. Same thing with the Browns. Like, you're adding Conklin, that's great. You're adding Austin Hooper, and that's great. But it might be a slow start for them in terms of out of the gate is what my point is. Yeah, sure. I guess. I mean, players hate those practices anyway. That's why they skip spring sessions half the time. Yeah, Tom Brady the- hasn't been to them in two years. Like, I get what you're saying, but I feel like maybe they'll come back more rejuvenated and they'll actually be looking forward to training camp instead of dreading the practices because it's been so long since they've been on the field. That is what a Bengals fan would say. Uh, <laughs> all right, some more items. Uh, I, I had the Eagles listed as a winner basically because I um, – Wanted to appease Debo. He's, he promised to dump. If you guys don't know this, Debo has a blackmail, Brinson blackmail folder on, it's not on his desktop or his, or his computer because he had to create a separate, like three terabyte hard, hard, hard drive for it because I say so many stupid things while he's recording this podcast. So I said the Eagles would be a winner. Uh, they didn't pay Big V, uh, Halai. I can never get his name right. Anybody got something? No, we want to hear you pronounce it. It's the only reason I, like I signed on. That's not it at all. Uh, Big <laughs> B. Halapuvalati. <laughs> Halapuvalati. That's right. Debo, how do you say it? Halapudivati Vitae. Oh, Debo. Maybe well done. Um, they didn't sign him, which I think is good because he was very expensive. And he's been fine, but not great. Uh, he signed for five years, $50 million with the Lions, which – I guess you can't really complain about when Eric Flowers gets three years, $30 million. But the Eagles did get Javon Hargraves from the Steelers. And, Ryan, as you can attest, he is a very good player, and now he is paired with Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and Derek Barnett. That is a nasty front four. Steelers couldn't afford to keep him, and former third-round pick out of South Carolina State, he'd been a first-round pick this year. He is so incredibly explosive for being a fat guy in the middle. Really good pass rusher, really good against the run. He might only play three downs, but, I mean, in that defense, it's going to be a terror. It's going to be bad news for Dwayne Haskins. It's going to be bad news for Danny Dimes. It's going to be bad news for who's the other team in that division. Who's left? Cowboys. Cowboys. Ooh, Dak Prescott. If he signs. He has one beer before the podcast. I can never remember the division. He's had three or four. Uh, by the way, Malik Jackson also going to be on that defensive line. That's a. This is how the Eagles won that Super Bowl, by the way. It wasn't because of – I mean, Nick Foles helped, but, like, having a sick defensive line was a big deal. And um, Why are people whitewashing Nick Foles' accomplishments? What he did was absolutely amazing over a three-and-a-half-game stretch. Of course, but I'm just saying, like, they won because of their pass rush and their defensive line. And now they have, I mean, like, Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson – Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, that is ridiculous. And maybe they bring back Vinnie Curry, we'll see. Um, Tim Jernigan out there as well. Uh, other signings of note, the New York Giants signed Wait, did, James. Did we yeah. do our losers? We didn't do our losers. I'm a loser for not doing that. Ryan, who's your loser? Let's see. What did I tell Debo? Loser. Titans. 
regarding no Derek Carr is your loser. Okay. <laughs> you gotta remind me. I didn't write. <laughs> I'm telling you, one beer, guys. But Never I want to hear. I want to hear the Titans reasoning too. I'm I'm good. Let's hear it. <laughs> the Titans. Yeah, Are you not looking at the document right now, man. I'm looking at the original thing that I sent Debo at 541 when you numbnuts didn't send the answer to the question that he asked at the time. That's what I'm looking at, Sean. I, I like the whole podcast to be a surprise. It's way more fun that way. Welcome to the Pick 6 podcast. <laughs> Sean, Sean's trying to flex for his girlfriend by making fun of a person with memory problems. That That's way to... <laughs> Self-dunk. <laughs> well done. Well done. My original one, John, was for the time. I don't like the idea of... of um, tagging Derrick Henry because they could have done that to Jack Conklin if you wanted him. And then Derek Carr, look, man, I'm on the Marcus Mariota train is much better than Derek Carr train. Uh, I think the whole issue with, and, and Sean talked about this on the HQ show, where he doesn't think Marcus Mariota is very good. Marcus Mariota has been injured since 2015. If he's healthy, I don't, I don't even think it's even close that he's not better than Derek Carr. What did you say that his brother said on NFL Network, Brenton? Uh, he was just like, this is a great situation for, you know, it's like when I went to, um, it's like when I went to New England or when I went to, uh, New York and went and sat behind, uh, uh, Eli Manning. It's like, no, it's not like that at all. Nothing. Eli Manning, Eli Manning had, had won a Super Bowl. He was locked into his contract. He was their franchise quarterback. There was no questions about his future and you were 30 years old. Marcus Brady is a 25 year old quarterback who the current GM had at the top of his draft board at the time that he came out. This is there's a very distinct possibility. David, David Carr comparing Derek Carr to himself. I mean, David David Carr had Derek Carr as like like what was it? What did he do preseason? Sean like picked the Raiders to win the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. I mean, we, we don't need, we don't have to get into this. Yeah, but my point is that I, I think Derek Carr's in trouble. I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback in September. It could be worse as far as like a quarterback that they could sign or who they could bring on for sure. But this is not good. like Mike Mayock was, would be worse. What's that? Tom Brady would definitely be worse. Yeah, Brady or rivers would be worse. Like you're, you're getting cut with Brady or rivers, but like Mariota was Mike Mayock's number one quarterback ahead of James Winston. He is a perfect fit for what John Gruden wants to do in an offense. A perfect fit. Is it perfect? Uh, is it perfect? Because he's a really accurate short yardage passer who will take shots downfield if you give him the reads, and he's and he's accurate down the field. I mean, he's accurate, doesn't take it to the sacks, doesn't throw picks in the red zone. Neither does Carr, but he's like he challenges more. So I think he's a perfect fit. Um, Breach, your loser, you flipped on him, you son of a bitch. You had him in the Super Bowl last year, and you put him as your loser this year. You son of a bitch. It's like a bad breakup, Brinson. We've all been there. You know, you're feeling high and, and good, and all of a sudden you just realize that it's going nowhere, and you need to put him in uh, the loser's bin, and that's what I'm doing with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they are my loser because they did some weird things today. Uh, number one, they extended Kirk Cousins. Now, personally, I don't necessarily hate that move. But I don't think Mike Zimmer likes Kirk Cousins, and so I think it's awkward to give your quarterback a two-year extension when your head coach does not like him. I mean, Mike Zimmer subtly and not so subtly threw Kirk Cousins under the bus like every other week this season. Every time they lost, he had something to say about Kirk Cousins. I remember after one of their primetime losses, uh, Mike Zimmer's like, I don't know why we, he he's always bad in primetime. I don't know. I can't explain it. Why don't you ask him? Uh, there's just always something, and so that's an odd dynamic to have to re-sign your quarterback when your head coach doesn't seem to like him. And then trading Stephon Diggs, they did get a great draft haul. 
uh, a decent draft haul. But the thing there is that you are opening this can of worms that like, hey, you go, you want to be a diva? You have contract demands. You want more money or uh, you're not getting enough passes or uh, whatever. You can wind your way out like, hey. I want to be paid more, and if you don't, I'm just going to not show up to practice. Stefan Diggs didn't show up to practice. He was trying to get traded in October. So you're just letting the players know that if you if you complain enough that, hey, Minnesota will get rid of you. So you're putting too much control in the hands of the players, and uh, I don't think that's good for the Vikings. So I thought they were a loser. You sound like a sad, jilted lover. Speaking of jilted lovers – uh, Sean, this is the worst night of your entire life, and uh, you're the Bears as a loser. Yeah, and they really only made <laughs> one signing, which was um, Jimmy Graham, uh, who is a former basketball player that is very washed up um, and cannot really run or do much of anything. He'll catch a few touchdowns. Uh, look, the tight end position has been problematic for the Bears Ever since, like, Martellus Bennett, you know, you want to say? If you guys could guess, how many yards did the Bears' leading tight end last year have? 150. 301. 225, Adam Shaheen. 91, J.P. Holtz. Yowza. You went, you went over, Ryan. We all lost. Um, Ryan Ryan obviously doesn't know how Price is Right works, which is weird because he's old. How many tight ends do you think are now under contract on the Bears? Eight. Including uh, Jimmy four. Graham or not including Inclu- Jimmy including, Graham? Including Jimmy Graham. Four. Two. It's five. Ten. Ten. Oh, what? I, got, I won that time, nerds. I had eight. Jimmy Graham, Trey Burton, Adam Shaheem, Demetrius Harris, Ben Broniker, Jesper Horstead, J.P. Holtz, Eric Saubert, Dax Raymond, Darian Clark. You know my favorite uh, tweet after uh, they signed Jimmy Graham? Two years ago, Ryan Pace was executive of the year. Um, this is a bad contract for a team that had very limited cap space heading into free agency. Uh, so this is a makes no sense. It reeks of desperation after his Trey Burton contract backfired in a major way, and Adam Shaheen has had a lot of injury issues that has not developed into the mini Gronk that he had the potential to turn into. Good one. So I will say this. Things can the Bears can become a winner depending on what they do at the quarterback position. I mean that's what it all boils down to. That's how they're that's what their upcoming season is going to come down to is if they can upgrade on Trubisky. The day began with me ecstatic. I mean these guys can attest to how I was reacting in Slack when it was reported that the Bears were very much in on the Teddy Bridgewater sweepstakes and at one point kind of felt like the favorite along with the Buccaneers, but with the Bucks. Famous Winston. <laughs> well, Famous I'm, Winston. I'm going to hear that in my nightmares. Famous <laughs> Winston. Um, so all those, <laughs> we got we to gotta clip that. <laughs> <laughs> so the day starts with all these Bridgewater rumors flying, like it's, it, it might happen. And that quickly turns into, I think it was Garofalo saying, like, this isn't going to happen. And said the, the new report is the Bears are talking to the Jags about Nick Foles. Yes. I went from to see it. happy to depressed so quickly. Good. Now there's other reports out there that they're also still talking to the Bengals with Andy Dalton. Um, people know I would be completely fine with that. Um, I don't want Nick Foles in that expensive contract. You better be getting a draft pick um, back in return or if what? you're doing that. So a lot can change depending on how Pace approaches the quarterback position. The problem that people have slowly figured out 
over the last couple of years is that Ryan Pace does not appear to be a competent football person. So I back you over the air, Sean. So I have uh, zero faith that he's going to solve this. And you know what? Maybe they could sign Teddy Bridgewater if they didn't give Jimmy Graham all this money and they had open cap space to give Bridgewater the contract he wants to leave New Orleans. They and now they can't to, do that. They would have $200 million in cap space if they didn't have 15 tight ends on the roster. That's 10 that's, tight ends. That's so weird. <laughs> by the way, are we going to address the elephant in the room? I'm talking about the, the Bears quarterback. Breach stole my quarterback joke with Jimmy Graham and just put it right on Twitter without telling anyone. Just stole it. I didn't steal it. it was, I made a joke. I didn't know you made it. Got receipts in Slack. You responded, and then you put it on Twitter. I you, did not respond to how it. Many, how, many, how many likes did he get? I hope he gets zero. I hope he gets all hates. If it's under if it's under a hundred, then it wasn't worth the thief. Of course it was under a hundred. First I don't have eighty thousand followers that I bought like you. <laughs> I got I got, got eleven. 11. <laughs> so it was worth it. It was worth it for the eleven. That's hey, likes. That's solid solid tweet, Breach. Thank you. No, Breach and Wilson and I, we live in normal Twitter land. We're not like you, Brinson. We don't buy our followers. <laughs> we work hard for our likes. By the way, shout out shout out handouts. Shout out to Brinson for returning to Twitter after he got suspended. Uh <laughs> Oh, good. I go on a dry January, that first beer back, and like, you didn't ah! even make it through dry January. What's that? You didn't even make it through dry January. Not this year. Done it before. <laughs> Not this year. Not in 38 years of your life. I wonder what Brenton's followers were thinking when he disappeared for a month and then returned, like, in the middle of a global pandemic. Good timing, Brenton. Just retweeting like his thumbs was about to fall off. I mean, Bye, he- losers. <laughs> Oh my, see, they, again, like, you're like, oh, this guy won't stop tweeting. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I stopped tweeting. You know, you know something's up because. We want to know why you quit Twitter. That's literally it. Sean, let, let me ask you this. What does Brinson love more than anything else on, on planet Earth? Brinson. Brinson. Brinson exactly. and Twitter. <laughs> Brinson, and he uses Twitter to do it. Brinson right. loves Brinson. Brinson loves Brinson. The fact that he does not want to talk about himself, even in, as it re- pertains to Twitter, tells you something's up and he's, there's a story behind this that I can't wait to find out. That's all I'm going to say because he always changes the subject when we talk about him getting suspended from Twitter. So one of those five star mailbags in June, somebody yeah. has to write in, Brinson, why did you quit Twitter for a month? You know, I told Brady Quinn the full details today on the on, on the telephone. Okay, you don't talk on the telephone. That's a lie. You don't. I've never even seen you use a telephone. On the te- why, why are we saying telephone? Yeah, what that's you- what Brinson said. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving along. This has gone off. My uh, losers, well, the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. So why why are you telling Brady Quinn and Debo, but you're not telling us? <laughs> I think it, it, it's like how I was asking him to send me the shirt. The more I asked, the more he didn't want to do it. I think we just have to stop asking. I'm just going to ask Brady. That's, that's how I'll get to the bottom of that. All right, cool. Text me after you hear. Got it. Um, I had the Cowboys listed as a loser. This is before they signed Amari Cooper. Um I still think the fact that they lose Byron Jones and Dak Prescott isn't signed and you're paying Amari Cooper $20 million a year, like you could have gotten yourself in a situation where this was a better all-around economic system for you if you had signed Dak Prescott last year. So I stand by it. I just think they, they screwed up by doing that. Um, elsewhere in the NFC East, the Giants, because Dave Gettleman is addicted to signing former Carolina Panthers. They gave James Bradbury uh, a – $45 million deal over three years for th- with $32 million guaranteed. I don't mind the contract. I think James Bradbury is a good player. And we talked about, I think, in the – oh, you, you guys weren't on it, but we talked about with uh, Brian McFadden on the free agency pod. Like, 
He had to go against Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, and Julio Jones six times a year. That makes for some tough, uh, tough sledding as a cornerback. He's still young, but it is a little weird that Dave Gettleman kicked Josh Norman to the curb so he could, and then drafted James Bradbury out of spite in the draft and now is like signing the expensive guy in free agency, right? Also, they signed Blake Martinez for three years, $30 million. Uh, Dave Gettleman loves defensive tackles and cornerbacks. He drafted DeAndre Baker last year. He drafted Sam Beal in the expansion draft or the supplemental draft, excuse me. And he also drafted, um, he drafted one more, uh, cornerback as well in the draft as, uh, last year in 20, uh, Corey Ballantyne. That's who he drafted as well. So this guy loves cornerbacks. He keeps drafting them and signing them. I don't know if he's going to have, uh, money to pay for anyone else other than Blake Martinez, obviously. So I don't know what the plan is. I have no idea. They're going to draft a, the defensive tackle, that fourth pick, I would, I would imagine, and you know, <laughs> a roster full of fat people and, and defensive backs. Seems rude. Case Keenum to the Browns, three years, eighteen million, ten million guaranteed. Did we mention that when we were doing Browns winners and losers? Maybe not. Yeah, uh, we, sure we did. We mentioned it on the uh, YouTube show, though. Or We've done a lot of talk. Show. My back yeah. is killing me from sitting in this chair for like forty-two hours. Okay. Well, why, why were you spending all of Sunday in the chair? <laughs> because he's quarantined in his house, Sean. What else all is he supposed to do? I said for 24 hours. You, you said, said 42. 42. <laughs> First is dyslexic. Is this interesting, though, that the Browns – want to make fun of dyslexia. Okay. okay, so if you're Baker Mayfield, and, and are you concerned at all? Because Kevin Stefanski just brought in – Who? Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> Just brought in the guy who led him to the NFC title game. I'd be you know, a little worried. I'd this be a little was his quarterback who took the Vikings. They they worked together, and uh, Case Keenum was pretty phenomenal during that run in Minnesota. And all of a sudden, Stefanski's bringing him to Cleveland. I, I, I think that's an interesting signing. I said that on the show, and you guys said I was crazy. I said I liked it in the sense that Baker is a guy who last year. Prince is doing some weird stuff. Um, I accidentally lowered my desk chair, and now I'm, like, shrunk down. Like, I know. <laughs> I, I have to lower the microphone mid-podcast because I can't, I can't raise it again. I don't think Keenum is stealing snaps or throws from Baker, but I think he's, A, good insurance in the, if, if Baker were to get hurt, and, B, could be a good mentor type of guy Like because Keenum is a very limited physical skill set, and he clearly has made the most out of that and had has had a very nice career given his physical limitations. Baker is like last year alone at the very opposite end of that spectrum where he has all the tools and has underperformed. Uh, and so maybe there's something there where, you know, Keno can lend some advice about getting I, the most out of I have a, I have a prediction. By, by week three. Mayfield gets benched. No. <laughs> Ryan Wilson will openly call on this podcast for Baker Mayfield to be benched for <laughs> I got to write that one down. That's a good prediction. No, I won't do that. I like Baker Mayfield. Just like you did Chase Daniel and Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, please. But that, but that actually aged, like, not well, but not terrible. Not terribly at all. Chase Daniel is not good. Everyone can agree with that. But Trubisky is not good either. That's the problem. I like, I think Baker's a good quarterback, uh, and I think he'll have some success with Kevin Stefanski if you're, if you're John Breach. Um, I think that Case Keenum is, is a good backup plan, and I wouldn't be concerned about them signing Case Keenum, but, um, no, not by week four. Week five. The Buccaneers re-signed Jason Pierre-Paul two years $27 million for the 31-year-old. He has gotten rem- paid remarkably well for someone who blew off his fingers 
with fireworks just like less than five years ago. What are you saying, Brinson? I, I just tend to think that if you blow off your fingers with fireworks and you're a football player, you might like we thought his career might be over and, and he's gotten three deals since then. And with getting Shaq Barrett back as well, uh, people don't seem it flies under the radar. The Buccaneers defense was top five at DVOA. Um, I, I think people slept on him because Jameis Winston put in such yeah. crapsy. He threw 30 interceptions. That's putting your defense at a crappy spot 30 times. He, you look at the, uh, Buccaneers point differential is sh- something Sean loves to do. Hey, Jameis Winston accounted for 42 of those points that are attributed to the Buccaneers defense because he threw seven pick six, 49 points. I can't even do math right now. So 49 of those points were on Jameis Winston. Uh, you, were about, you were thinking about how many hours I've been sitting in this chair. <laughs> I was thinking about it's been a lot of hours. <laughs> uh, but but what I'm saying here is that the Buccaneers they went seven to nine. They had a plus nine. If Winston doesn't throw any pick sixes, they're plus fifty eight. I, I mean that's not crazy. A lot of quarterbacks go an entire season without throwing a pick six. And can I point this out? So the Bucks were fifth in DVOA. Guess what they were in 2018? Twenty uh, fifth. Thirty two. Okay. They went from the worst defense in football to a top five defense. Todd Bowles um, is an incredible defensive coordinator. Say what you want about him as a head coach. That was a great get by Bruce Arians. They also drafted five defensive players in the first six picks. That helped. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, Shaq Barrett, franchise tagged, of course. We'll get to those franchise tag winners and losers in one second to wrap up this podcast. Two more deals to mention. Jamie Collins in the Lions as well, along with Big V. Jamie Collins got three years, $30 million. And uh, a signing that really like flew into the radar, a former uh, Lions player, the Broncos signed Graham Glasgow on a four-year, $44 million deal with $26 million guaranteed. Offensive linemen getting paid in this open market. So winners and losers. From the franchise tag session, Ryan, I'll start with you because you're the only one who actually filled it out. <laughs> oh, is it the same one or is it a different one? Just so you don't oh, get uh, the same one. A winner from the franchise tag session. I said Joe Burrow. Is that what you still have in front of you? Just say what you want to say. Thank goodness. Say you say that again. Say what Sean, you want to say. Sean trying to impress his girlfriend by yelling at old people. Yeah, Just, that's right. Sean. Sounds like sounds like we're screen recording him like barking at Ryan. So uh, just, just just so the watch audience watch punk this old man. Check it, girl. Well, just so everyone knows why that makes sense. Sean has a studio audience at for the podcast tonight. One, two, one, thank two, thank you, thank you for making that clear breach. At one two three, Sean place. Yeah, one, <laughs> one two three. I'm lonely. Uh, yeah. So Joe Burrow is the winner. Seems like the opposite of that, but. <laughs> That's because your girlfriend's not real. That's my point. That's a joke, Sean. You don't have a real girlfriend. That's a bad joke. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> By the way, Brinson, I think your chair is collapsing because you've been in that seat for six hours. <laughs> You're getting lower and lower. This is shrinking. Get low. Get low. All right. Touch let's the flow. Let's I mean, I'm like four inches off the ground right now. That's unbelievable. All right. Yeah. Joe Burrow, Ryan. Joe Burrow. He's the winner. A.J. Green was franchise tagged. Jonah Williams is coming back. Their first-round pick last year. He was injured all of last year. Uh, Tyler Boyd's very good. Uh, Joe Mixon's very good. The defense needs some work, but I feel like if you want to get Joe Burrow on board with uh, coming to Cincinnati, which John will tell you is a terrible place to live and play football, then you need to put uh, surround him with some playmakers, and A.J. Green is a great place to start. By the way, I don't hate Cincinnati. I actually like Cincinnati. 
Um, John or Sean, do you have a winner? If not, I can give you one. I have one. Go for it. Uh, Leonard Williams going to play under a fat, uh, one year contract that quite frankly, he does not deserve based off his caliber of play. And I don't think he's a terrible football player by any stretch of the imagination. He has not lived up to the hype since he was a first round pick and since, uh, his breakout 2016 season. Um, but by no means, should he be making what's over 16 million, uh, to play football for the Giants? Um, the Giants are a terribly run franchise right now and they never should have traded for him in the middle of the last season. Um, and they, I think you said it at some point on some show, whatever, Brinson, um, that it's just like the sucking cost fallacy that like they, they think they just can't let him go. So they panicked and are going to give him 60 million. Leonard Williams should not take a cheap long-term deal. Play under that, write it out, enjoy your 16 million um, on a terrible football team. My winner to keep with Ryan's Bengals theme and just to turn this into a Bengals podcast, as I love to do, my winner's AJ Green. Not because he's going to be catching passes from Joe Burrow, but because the guy just sat out an entire season and now he's going to make $17.8 million. He's going to be the sixth highest paid receiver in the NFL. And he get, if he gets an extension, he might shoot even higher, uh, which to me is a little bit crazy when you look at the fact that he has missed 23 games over the past two seasons and 29 games over the past four seasons. He has not proven he can stay healthy, but he is going to be breaking the bank, whether it's on that franchise tag or whether he gets an extension. See, it bothers me that you keep pointing out that AJ, AJ Green can't stay healthy when in reality, the Bengals were just so terrible last year that he skipped the entire season. He got hurt in Dayton. He said, this team screwed me one last time. I'm not coming back this year to play with O for Andy and whatever else they trot out. We don't need to name names. And, uh, and, and so I, I don't think that that really holds water. By Brinson, no I, one I, else suffered a season injury, ending injury on that Dayton practice. It was a crappy field. Yes, but everyone else made it through without suffering a season ending injury. So it's he not did, like he didn't suffer a season ending injury. <laughs> Andy Dalton was the season ending injury. By the way, I, I can't get over how low Brinson is right now and how far he's leaning back. He's like, uh, he's like the, the, the wicked witch of the like when you hit her with water she just keeps shrinking. What are you? Our, <laughs> our feet so can, low. Our feet can finally touch, finally touch the ground. It feels fantastic. By the way, this is Brenton at age eighty. That's what he's going to look like. Just like slumped down in a chair. You have to you guys. pour him into the wheelchair and get him to his, to his next destination to his doctor's appointments. Um, I would argue that uh, AJ Green's a loser because <laughs> he has to play in Cincinnati. Brenton is literally just a head right now. That's all we have. <laughs> I'm going to say Tom Brady is a winner because if you look at the Patriots bringing back Joe Tooney, my guy from NC State, which is a pretty big surprise, they brought him back on the franchise tag. Um, I would bet that no matter where Tom Brady goes, whether he comes back to New England or goes to, to Tampa Bay. And those appear to be the only two landing spots for him at this point. Maybe LA is still in play, but either one of those, I think Breach pointed this out on an HQ show. Um, one of those teams could trade for Joe Tooney because Joe Tooney is now tagged by the Patriots. There's a lot of buzz that the, the Pats might trade him. So it could make sense. It's, it's a big win for Tom Brady if he ends up getting back a starting offensive lineman, whether it means it's via trade or whether it's coming back to the Patriots. 
And that, Brenton, what if Tampa Bay says we'll trade for Joe Tooney and we'll sign Melvin Gordon? Is that a good enough Buccaneers offense to win the, the NFC South? Sure. I think so. I thought it's good enough to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I mean, I think so. They would be, they would be one of the five biggest favorites in the NFL if they signed Tom Brady, signed Melvin Gordon, and traded for Joe Tooney. And they can afford all three of those moves. They, they would be a top five favorite in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. Those are all realistic too. Like that's not far fetched. Yeah. It's not. If they make those moves all of a sudden, like if you trade for Joe Tooney and you sign Melvin Gordon, you're like, Hey Tom, like what, what else do you need? It's very far fetched. It ain't happening. Tom, well, we will change not, our name to the Tom Brady Buccaneers. <laughs> all right. Losers, Ryan, give us a loser. It's right. the same one. Okay. The loser is Ryan's bedtime. He can barely keep his eyes open. The loser's <laughs> Ryan's, loser's Ryan's head tomorrow because his three, three shock top hangover he's going to have is going to be rocking him. I can't take you seriously when it's just a talking head. <laughs> no, this makes my back feel good. You pile of clothes. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah. This guy, I mean, this is insane. Like, this talking head is like Max Headroom over here is giving me a hard time about my loser. My loser is Will Brenton's body because all that's left is one big head. Well, my body has gone to crap anyway. Uh, Derrick Henry. I told Jack you Conklin was the answer. No, it, the rest of the story is that Jack Conklin isn't the loser. The loser is Derrick Henry. For I, thought it was a, I thought it was a terrible answer. I wonder why it was on the list. No, Jack Conklin, you, you tagged, uh, Derrick Henry. You could have had Jack Conklin. I think that would have made better sense for that offense, whoever the quarterback's going to be. Oh, it's going to be Ryan Tannehill. They're going to get Tom Brady now. And instead, uh, you have this wide, this, um, running back who has 4,000 carries on him from the last few years. And I just don't think he's going to be the same running back he was last year, even though I think Breach feels differently. So I do. My loser, I have like a list of losers. Um, Debo's shaking the blame for that Derrick Henry thing, by the way. It wasn't you, Ryan. Should, nope. should I should I name them all? Debo, you can go ahead. Are, are you, is it Ryan's fault? No, that's, that's on me. I I don't want to put Ryan in a bad spot. That's on me. Thank you. All Pete. right. So <laughs> my loser is Dak Prescott. Nobody said anything about that. That's I'm, it. I was just okay. gonna let that awkward silence hang out there. Why is Dak a loser? Because he's because he's not he's getting the- paid. He's not. He, he wants money. He's roped in on one year deal. He, he doesn't want to be playing on a one year deal. He wants more money. Give him his. You think Jack Prescott is happy right now? I think Jack Prescott thinks he's going to be the richest quarterback in NFL history. In All year. right. I didn't really want to make that my loser. My loser is Jameis Winston. That's a that's a good answer. Thanks, guys. Who I, would I have, want to hit the free agent market if you're Jameis Winston <laughs> instead of being franchise? I, like I think he's going to be left out in the cold. I think he's going to give out half as much money as he thinks he's going to get. Uh, or he's gonna have to like crawl back to the Buccaneers because they get turned down by Tom Brady and Philip Rivers and Teddy Bridgewater and anybody else who is available. So yeah, I think it's gonna be some rough sledding for Jameis. Sean, do you have a loser? Hopefully it's better than anything that Breach just offered. <laughs> well, actually, I was, I want to say AJ Green. I think it, that's it, my winner. You can't call my winner a loser. That's pretty funny, actually. Um, that's like cheap, the fact Sean. that he, 
Um, I mean, we all knew this was going to happen, so it's not a surprise. But the fact that he has no control over his future um, and has to stay in miserable Cincinnati where he's not even going to get an awful loss season to work with his new rookie quarterback. And the only thing that could save this is if they if they if it's a tag and trade, um, which for Sean, his ha- sake, have you ever been to Cincinnati? No. no. So how can you call it awful? I, I meant. As in the football team, which is By undeniably the way, awful. Right Sean, now. Cincinnati Bengals have been to two Super Bowls. How many have the Bears been to? Okay, how? When was the last time the Bengals went to the, the Super Bowl? The Bears have won a Super Bowl since the Bengals went to one. I didn't ask whether they've won one. I asked how many have they been to. Wait, huh? wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. When? How many Super Bowls have the Bengals been into in the last like twenty years? Uh, that wasn't I, my question, Sean. I don't. I'm all I'm saying right now is that. <laughs> But the, the Bears Bengals have definitely are... been to two. They went to one and lost to Peyton Manning, and they won the freaking the, – the, uh, Right, so the Bengals and Bears have been the same amount of Super Bowls. That's okay. all. Okay, I all I'm saying is the Bengals right now are not a good football team, and I know, Breach, you think they always have a 10-win ceiling. I'm sorry, they do not have a 10-win ceiling. Uh, and I feel bad that A.J. Green is, what, 31, 30, all, seemingly always underrated – and now he has to start over with the rookie quarterback, and Joe Burrow might end up being great one day. I don't know. But right now he's a rookie, and he's going to go through growing pains. I think A.J. Green does, deserves to go to a contender um, where he can try to win something meaningful before his uh, his prime is over. Very he's, rich. Been, he's been in the playoffs five times. Very rich coming from Sean. I will say this. If Andy Dalton does not end up in Chicago and the Bears get Nick Foles and or Mr. Trubisky, the Bengals will win any more football games. Call it now. I like that. I need to bet on it. Okay, well let's let's see what happens with the Bears quarterback situation, then we can bet on it. All right, Nick Falls, here here he comes. Get pumped. Brenton, what's your loser? My loser is Hunter Henry. By the because... way, that was my winner, Brenton's chair for him being able to hold up, hold him up while he slumps into it. It's a it's a desk chair. You can raise or lower it. I lowered it ah. to help my back. Your back? What's wrong with your back? How old are you? <laughs> Look at Sean. <laughs> That's the funniest thing Sean's ever done. <laughs> Sean's girlfriend's loving this. He's yeah, making fun she... of all his all his coworkers. Look at how cool Sean is. He's making fun of the old guys. What? Who is your loser? It is Hunter <laughs> Henry because... because Hunter Henry was about to hit the free agent market and get forty four million over four years like Austin Hooper and get to go play for Tom Brady or just play for the Patriots in general. And instead he has to go back to San Diego and or excuse me, Los Angeles and play for the Chargers and Tyrod Taylor and uh Anthony Land and this team that just stinks up the joint and uh so that sucks to be Hunter Henry. You guys are saying franchise gags are losers. I don't understand I mean those guys are doing okay. That was the whole process, though. That's what we were asked. Name a winner and a loser from the franchise tags. You named Derrick Henry. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. <laughs> All right. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. It's been 91 minutes. Wait, are we talking about show. Tom Brady? Or are we talking oh, about Oh, Jesus. Breach. Shut up. Shut up, man. Tom Brady. Jesus I want to know what Tom Brady is. It's St. Patrick's Day. When people right. are listening, they're drinking at home. They're green beer. Oh, they want to know God. where Tom Brady's going. He's going to New England. Stop it. Where's he going, Breach? Oh, Jesus Christ. Tampa Bay. That's all. I just want to say it. I saw in my local you can bet on Tom Brady 11-1 to 1 to go to Tampa Bay. Breach should, should bet whatever amount of money he feels like losing on that, and then. It's he like he's minus 150 to go to Tampa Bay on Sportsbook, I think. He ain't going to Tampa Bay. I I wouldn't rule it out. Tebow rap. I don't know if you guys have heard this since we're stealing things tonight. TB, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay. Oh, 
Ooh. Good idea, Ryan. Offshore, offshore took off the Tom Brady odds. Ooh, that's Ooh. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just like the listeners to know that either me, Sean, or Ryan will tweet out a picture of Brinson's head. I, I already tweeted it. Oh, you tweeted out a picture? Yeah. I need to get on Twitter then. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't tweet during the show, Sean. I try to take it seriously. Why don't you tag me? I did yeah. tag you. Why don't you tag him? Oh, you stop tweeting him. I see how it is. I tagged him unless I tagged the wrong Will Brinson. Why didn't you tag us? Like you don't uh, want. I know about. You can't do that on TweetDeck to do like the photo tag, and I didn't want to go to Twitter.com. Oh, that's lazy. No one is listening to this show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What are we doing? Including me. That's that's Ryan's line. Now Sean's stealing Ryan's line after Ryan stole Look my line. Look how sad Ryan looks in this picture. All right, let's get out of here. It's been 90 minutes. Oh, thank goodness. All right. So where's Tom Brady going, Sean? He's going to sign for $31 million and four rolls of toilet paper. I've said New England since the beginning. Why would I switch now? But I think Breach is right. If he's not going to New England, it's Tampa Bay. Wow, what a bold take. Thanks. I can't wait for your girlfriend to hear those takes. Sean's waving goodbye. Wow, what you got to go do? I got to eat dinner. I almost dropped an mf right there. <laughs> you also took the Lord's name in vain earlier, like five minutes ago. We oh, to see had, see had a hell of, and you did like the thing. You like, had a hell of a season and, on your first video head. All right, so who's the first one? Oh, who's the first one to go crazy in quarantine? That's what I want to know. Eh, no, so, you're. you're you're, I know, I know, it's gonna be AK, cause she has to live with her. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get out of here. I gotta go to bed. I gotta do HQ in the morning. Watch our show tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Subscribe, rate, and review. You guys are the best. Talk to you soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.